podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Kim Webster, known as Ginger from the West Wing, and you are listening to the Raspy Voice Kids. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by Jeremy J. and Fiend Phoenix. You are now in with the Hail West Virginia podcast, brought to you by the king of the fat sandwich, located on 461 High Street Sandwich. You were also brought to you by Swill Dog, the finest hard cider in all of the land. West Get Swill! Get Swill! Get Swill with him. Get Swill with him. We're brought to you also by Astor Auto. The finest automotive dealer in the state of West Virginia. When you want luxury, when you want class, when you want excellent service, Jamie Spears, Paul Astorg, and Astorg Auto is the place to be. And then, of course, we're brought to you by them Bulldogs, Shrinkables. Shrinkables. Now it's my fault. I missed the cue, but that's all right. That's all right. That's okay. But here we go talking about pop culture. We're going to talk about something gross yet again. Jeremy, what would you say? Is this more gross or annoying? No, no, no. Disgusting. Nope. Yep. It, it bypasses uh, gross and goes to disgusting in my estimation. That's just me. We are talking about mastication. Mastication with an open mouth. Chewing with your mouth open. Somebody say slapping your lips. Some people say smacking your mouth. Some people say smacking your lips and slapping your mouth. All we know is if you chew with your mouth open, it's gross. It's disgusting. It will not be tolerated. I'm glad that you broke down mastication for me because I definitely didn't know what you were talking about. Nah, just, uh, you know, you know, even yeah. though I even though I know the subject, like you said, mastication. I was like, oh, we we talk about something. I got to drop some <laughs> SAT words on them. I got to drop some SAT words. They try to say get something about West Virginia. I got to let them know about our education. Look, get them, Stephen A. Get them. All right. Hey. hey. No, no, that's props. That's props. Chewing with your mouth open, man. It's so disgusting. I've had friends who chew with their mouth open. I don't get it. I don't get it. Don't be beside me eating your food, smacking. Like, how hard is it? I don't get it. How hard is it to keep your mouth shut? Well, Jim, Here's the so, thing. So, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm listening to you. Well, isn't sometimes the, isn't the food hot sometimes? Like, isn't that no? See, see, I have a good friend, <laughs> and I remember him chewing with his mouth open. He had the nerve to be like, I looked over at him, like, "Have you lost your mind?" And he looked at me like, oh, "What? What?" No, he he actually said that. Wood is hot. So a couple weeks later, when he was chewing with his mouth open yet again, I said, oh, oh, is it hot? It's so disgusting. <laughs> Are you serious? I don't care. I'm calling you out, Foggin. That's disgusting. <laughs> Saying his name. <laughs> hey, look, I'm calling everybody out. It don't matter. It don't matter. I'm calling everybody out. Trevi Trev, stop it. Yeah, he's throwing haymakers. Yeah, he's throwing haymakers. Look, Nobody I'm not say. saying we can't be friends. I'm saying I can't eat in the same room as you if you go chew with your mouth open. And here's the thing, Brandon. When you say, can you chew with your mouth closed? They act like it's such a chore. Are you serious? Like they're working so... Mm, mm. They're, like, <laughs> it's so hard to chew with your mouth closed. Hey. It's disgusting and you can't be around me if you can't chew with your mouth closed. What is worse, the audio or the visual? Oh. Man, that's close. I think I think it's audio because what, what comes along with chewing with your mouth open, it's not just the crunching and like the mouth going. It's also they act like they can't breathe. Like they're a bull. It's, <laughs> it's a noise. It's disgusting. 
<laughs> that is definitely what it is. It's disgusting all the way around, and I don't get it. And I hate the fact that they act like it's such a chore just to close your mouth. Just close your mouth. Chew like a regular person, okay? Just, my problem is one of the things you just said is you were worried about the crunching. Crunching doesn't bother me. Like, I don't care about crunching. You know, you eat an apple, it's crispy, it's crunchy. Chips, they're crispy, they're crunchy. I don't care. It's that sloshing that gets me, the sloshing. All I'm thinking about is what's coming out of your mouth while you're eating in my presence. Is it getting on my food? Is it getting on my clothes? Did it land on my lip? That's all I can think when you're chewing with your mouth open. It's disgusting beyond disgust. And I don't tolerate it. My children are not allowed to do it. When we were kids, what would happen if we chewed with our mouths open? Yeah, no, no. We we definitely had to, to close it, for sure. I, mean, I don't know what the statute of limitations are, so I won't tell you what they did to us. But if they was chewing with your mouth open, there were consequences. Consequences and repercussions. Consequences and repercussions. And that's how it is in my house. And I definitely know about the statute of limitations. And you say. know how it goes. Like somebody does something like think about what gets on your nerves the most. What's super annoying to you. And you know how that like feeling where you have to hold back from punching somebody dead in the mouth. That is how <laughs> I feel every single time. Look, you're my boy. You're my homie. You're my dog. Dude, if you're chewing with your mouth open, get away from me. All right? Yeah, trick. Yeah. I think that's all we got to say on the matter. Keep your mouth closed. Right, my voice. Hi, how's it going? My name is Pat McAfee, former ball kicker for the Indianapolis Colts and the West Virginia Mountaineers. You are listening to the Raspy Voice Kids, the greatest podcast on earth about two years from now, whenever the rest of the world finally catches on. On to the next segment. We're jumping in right now with Why We Hate. Now, we know it wouldn't be a game week without Why We Hate on the RVK. Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. Jeremy, J.N. Fiend Phoenix. You can't see him, but he's dripping right now, just dripping right now with all that swag, with all that sauce. They say you got the juice, you got the sauce. So, <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to things that don't have sauce, it's flow. This week is why we hate flow. We hate flow more than anything else because you interrupted and ruined lives. Last count I saw was 17 deaths, flooded people's homes. It's not just the immediate damage of having to leave, but you cause mold. You cause damage that involves insurance. And if anyone knows anything about me, insurance is one of the most frustrating things you can deal with. And hurricane flow has caused that for thousands, if not millions of people, especially in North Carolina. Our thoughts and prayers are with you, especially if you're in the eastern part of the state, which dealt with the most of it. Now on to the frivolous reasons we hate flow. Bingo. Flow, you cost me one of my 12 guaranteed games a year. You now, only have 12. You only have 12. And you took one of them. You took one for no reason. Because what did you get out of it, Flow? Are you mad that your name's Florence? Is that what it is? No, don't nobody name. Who, when's the last time you met a kid named Florence? When's the last time you met a baby named Flo? Moving on up. <laughs> to yeah. the east side. Yeah, yeah. Go. Flo, you got a problem. You got your own apartment <laughs> in the sky. Stay your butt out in the ocean. Didn't nobody ask for you, okay? And we certainly didn't ask for you during college football season. I know that's hurricane season, but it's not supposed to happen to Mountaineers. It's not supposed to happen to us, and it did. And I hate you for it. I'll never forgive you, Flo. I'll Do you know how many college football games are happening each and every single weekend? Do you know how many games were affected? Like four or five, maybe at most. And you know what? You, Flo, affected my Mountaineers. All these college games, and you're going to hit right to affect our game? Man, look, look. And then then didn't even smash Raleigh even. But the bigger thing, too, is, in my opinion, I think we're okay if we go undefeated. There are a lot of people who think, you know, that we'll be fine no matter what. And I say, if we go undefeated and there aren't five undefeated teams in the nation, 
then we're in the playoff. That's a big if, a very big if. I'm not prognosticating. I'm just saying if we go undefeated, we're good. If we have one slip up, I don't think we have a chance to make the, the uh, championship, the playoffs, because of flow. That's one less oh. data point. That's one less power five opponent. Yep. And people will go through and they'll do the comparisons where they look at other conferences and th- they talk about the fact that we play more than most conferences. And my response to that is West Virginia Mountaineers get judged by a different standard. Amen. It's not about logic. It's not about reason. It's not about fair. It's about the brand. Ding. Go. And if they have an excuse to leave us out, they will. Yep. And that applies to Will Greer. Now, I will say there's a big exception with, with Will Greer. If you look at the history of West Virginia Heisman candidates, Will Greer is very different for a lot of reasons. But I'll go through some of the most important ones. One, Will Greer is famous on his own, and he is legitimately a Heisman caliber player. Okay? Okay. Not that those right. other guys weren't. Those other guys were also. But Will Greer also is a redemption story. And America loves redemption stories. Regardless of how you feel about buying something over the counter at GNC, the world will view it as a redemption story. It will. Yep. Will Greer has a famous father. He's got, a fa- he's got famous siblings, much more famous than him. This is a TV show they're producing on a regular basis, on a weekly basis. The Heisman is no different. Will Greer fits that narrative. He's good looking. His wife's good looking. They got a beautiful child. Dana Holgerson is a quirky personality with a great offense. They like that kind of a story. And a history. And he has a history with quarterbacks, too. And he's got a history with quarterbacks. Then you add West Virginia has never, that I remember, put on a Heisman campaign in the history of their football program. But they did it this year. Those things, in my opinion, help Will. He starts out in the Heisman conversation. He's on the top of ESPN's leaderboard for Heisman early in the season. We've had that before, but we haven't had all the other things that I just mentioned combined with that. Those things help us. But if you think that at the end of the year, Will Greer not being a statistical leader in any category because he missed a game. And when I say statistical, I don't mean percentages. I mean total yards. I mean touchdown passes. I mean pass yards. If you think that won't affect him, if they want it to, you're out of your mind. If they can give it it to Tua – because he's at Alabama with a cast full of five stars and a cupcake schedule. If they can give it to Dwayne Haskins with a cast full of five stars, four stars, and again, a cupcake schedule except for TCU and maybe Penn State if you yep. disregard the Appalachian State game, you're crazy. If they can yep. give it to, to um, Trace McSorley at Penn State, they'll do it. They will do it if they can. Yep. Because that's the way we've been treated in history. And I'm not a woe is me guy. I'm typically the guy that will tell you all we got to do is prove it on the field. But what happened this year is flow. Why we hate flow. You flow. took that from us. You, you took yep. one of our moments from us. This could yep. have been a four, five, six touchdown game with the kind of defense that NC State lost last year and what they produced. They struggled with James Madison. Yep. So I don't want to hear it. And it also took away separation in a packed race to begin the season. I, I'm sorry, but I hate you, Flo. And, nope. I, and I hate people who don't act, who act like it doesn't. I don't hate you. I don't hate you. But I'm frustrated with people who act like it doesn't matter. It does. But, 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 but wait, it gets worse. But, 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 wait. <laughs> I'm going to get honest on you. I'm going to get honest on you because you're telling the truth. When you think an out-of-conference, Power 5 school, maybe NC State is not going to be the best team. They're going to have a good year. But when you have a power quarterback versus a power quarterback Two guys who are in the top five quarterbacks in the country, and and Will Greer was going to slay him. Don't get it twisted. We were going to put up numbers. Flo, you took that from us. Playing an out-of-conference team in a Power 5 group, like I said, is a big deal. And at the end of the year, I'm going to be for real with you, Flo. 
one-on-one, real talk. You have a problem with somebody, you come to them. I'm coming to you, Flo. If at the end of the year, we are not in the discussion or people are trying to hate against us because we don't have another out-of-conference win, I'm going to be even more salty. This is why I hate you. This is why you're no good. This is why I'm not going to say ruined our season. I'm Right now, I'm no, not going to say no, ruined our season. She didn't ruin our season. She we got just- we got. We got plenty in front of us, but I'm telling you, we get to 11-0, and people are starting to hate, and people don't want to put Will Greer where he should be. Flow, man, I'm being for real. I'm just be honest. I'm just going to be honest. I'm just going to be real. Real talk. I'm going to have a problem. I'm going to have a, a, a huge problem because it's a big deal. It's a big loss that we didn't play this game. And like Barstool said, you have no Heismans. You have no national championships. You have no All-Americans. Flow, you're worthless, okay? You run a very slow 40, which is part of the reason why we couldn't decide whether we were going to play the game or not. If you were moving like you should have been moving, you wouldn't have been slow, dropping all that rain, and ruining everything. <laughs> okay? You run a very slow 40, Flow. Yep. If nobody told you, you run it, and you're big, okay? You need to get in the gym. You're way too big. Yep. Get you in the cardio. big a little, a little more cardio, okay? You from the Big 12, Big 10, excuse me. You from the Big 10? Hard run the middle. Yeah. Molly. That's it. We done. Why we hate. We out. Rat me boys. Astorg Auto of Charleston is West Virginia's premier automotive luxury dealer. We sell Land Rover, Jaguar, Mercedes-Benz, Volvo, and Audi brands. We also have a wide variety of pre-owned luxury cars at our store on Corridor G. Our service department also goes the extra mile and aims to exceed your expectations. We offer free pickup and delivery on service appointments to make your life easier. Come experience a new level of service. Astorgado of Charleston, a tradition of automotive excellence. Learn more at astorgado.com. I took a week off. I had to get back. It's your boy, I also hate Pitt, a.k.a. Brandon Phoenix, and I'm here with Skylar Callahan of Dub V Nation. He's going to give us a recruiting update. He's going to tell us what's good in football and basketball, and we're going to talk a little bit about those Kansas State Wildcats. Skyler, what's good, baby? Man, I feel blessed to be on the show. I feel it's, I feel special and important. Thanks for having me on, Brandon. You are special and important, man. We feel blessed. <laughs> we feel blessed. You're about to drop some knowledge on us. Now, we know the recruiting game is so complicated. They put out so many different offers. There's so many people on the trail. There's so many people covering all of this. How do you stay up with all of it? Man, it's tough. I gotta, I do gotta admit, you gotta have a lot of people help you out. And I've got two of the best guys in, in the business that really no one, that no one knows about, Cody Moyer, and and uh, one of our other inside guys, Noah. They do a really good job of keeping me up to date on stuff because, like you said, there's two to three hundred kids at these that West Virginia offers, and it's hard to keep up with every single one of them. So you gotta have a good staff, and I'm blessed to have a great staff uh, help me out on this stuff, but. It's definitely time-consuming, that's for sure. So as fans, we want to know, we didn't start out real hot in this in this recruiting cycle. We've jumped a, a lot of spots. Who are the guys we need to know that we've, that we've claimed, that have committed, verbally albeit, but still, that have committed, and who are the guys that are left out there? Let's start with the guys that have already committed that we need to know about as Mountaineer fans, starting on the gridiron. Well, I would definitely say Lee Koba, uh, linebacker down here in Winston-Salem. I actually got to go see one of his games a couple of weeks ago. Very high-energized kid. He's got a high motor. He's got that leadership quality. And and he's just a, a fast edge rusher that could even come and play down on, on a defensive uh, end in that 3-4 if they were to, sp- if they were to do like a 3-4 kind of formation. Um, just He's just really underrated kid. Um, he's really going to be a four-star, I think, here in a couple of days when they redo the rankings. 
Um, he even talks about him being a five-star eventually. So he, he's a under-recruited kid that no one really knew about. He's a hidden gem that West Virginia got. He's 100% committed to West Virginia. Uh, and then you flip onto the other side of the ball at wide receiver, you got Isaiah Hazel, a huge pickup out of Maryland. This kid is every bit of as talented as his rating suggests. He's one kid that I think is going to be probably the biggest player in this class. So I think they got two really good players right there. And then another skill position guy, Tony Mathis, uh, running back out of Cedartown, Georgia, is going to be another guy that we can throw into that stable of backs in that backfield next year. He could play early next year as well. Really? He could he could play early even with that deep backfield we have? Yes. It, now, like I said, it's going to be tough because you're going to have presum- – you're presuming – going to have about four running backs back and you know that's con- that, that is considering that all, everyone returns I still think he's got a shot to maybe get a couple of touches here and there because you know you, you got to remember that you can still play his four games in a red shirt so he may get you know five ten carries on the year next year but it's not going to be something that he's going to be contributing every single week so now let's move to the hard court everybody wants to know about Oscar can't say his last name <laughs> tell me about Oscar Sheboy Oscar Sheboy. Oscar is getting into that part of his recruitment where things are really starting to heat up. And Kentucky has been in on this kid for a while now, and they just officially offered him yesterday. So that changes everything. Um, it's It just seems like it's down to West Virginia, Kentucky. There's a couple other schools involved. I think it was Indiana and Virginia and a couple of others, but it really seems like it's going to be a fist fight between West Virginia and Kentucky. Everyone a year ago thought there's no chance anyone else gets him but West Virginia. Now that Kentucky's been in on him, Coach Cowles has been fighting at the, at the or chomping at the bit to really get this guy. They just officially offered, so now that that offer has come through, it changes the whole ball game. Uh, he's got his both of his official set up. And West Virginia has got the better end of the deal because they are the last to get his visit. So West Virginia is the last scheduled visit that he has, which could play in in the, I guess, in, in the advantage of, of Bob Huggins and his staff. So hopefully that seems to go uh, in, in the right direction there. And is it true that there is a connection between him and Sagaba Kanate? That I, I'm still trying to figure out myself. I don't believe so as in relation-wise, because they're not from the same part um, of Africa. They're both from different uh, parts, but they did have the same host family in Pennsylvania. So that's uh, the, the belief connection, that they just had the same host family and that there may be a connection between the two. I'm not 100% sure. I'm still trying to figure it out myself, but that's that's the word on the street. <laughs> Is there anyone else that, that Huggy and his crew are going after in this cycle that we should be excited about as Mountaineers? Absolutely. There's, well, there's two guys that are uncommitted that we're going after. Kobe Brown uh, out of Huntsville, Alabama, 6'7", 220-pound forward. He's kind of a, a versatile guy. can even handle the ball pretty well, too. He's, a, he's an absolute scorer. But the one guy that you really want to keep your eye on is somebody that it, it kind of brings back memories for the, the old Cincinnati fans, Kenyon Martin Jr. Yeah. So he he was originally committed to Cincinnati. He has since backed out of that. He is still considering Cincinnati, but it's really kind of, from what I've been told, it seems to be between Cincinnati and West Virginia. I think he's kind of waiting to see what happens with Oscar because there's only one spot left, and technically that's already been taken by Miles McBride, the only commit of this class. So right now West Virginia is full for next year, and that's not counting Oscar. They're, and that, that's 
if Sags goes to the NBA, then that opens opens up a second spot, which would presumably go to Oscar. So getting Kenyon, you'd have to have a third spot open. So I don't know if that's going to happen, but Kenyon Martin Jr. is definitely not to keep an eye or a player to keep an eye on. Well, that all sounds good, man. We appreciate you giving us that update. It's really hard to keep track of it. The Raspy Voice kids rely on experts like you guys to really keep us in the know and to keep our listeners in the know, so we're grateful. I know you're busy, so you taking time, we're, we're appreciative. I do want a little bit more time, though, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. We have a Stripe the Stadium game this weekend against our nemesis, the Kansas State Wildcats. We, we currently have a two-game winning streak over them, but it took us forever to finally beat them. We are 14.5-point favorites, I think, the last I saw, maybe 16 in some places. That's, yeah. the, that's the biggest spread we've had against any opponent not named the Jayhawks in football <laughs> since we joined the Big 12. What do you think about that number? It's pretty high. and you know, It kind of startled me myself when I saw it open at 14 or 14.5. I, I think you're right. It is about 16 right now. A lot of people betting on that, on that line. So it, it's hard to tell. You know, I, I really think that – West Virginia has a really good chance of coming out in this game and just clicking on all cylinders and just come out on fire. I really do because I've watched Kansas State for the first two or three games now, and I'm not very impressed. And I mean, and I know Bill Snyder gets his team ready to go week in and week out. They're going to get better as the season goes, as Dana said, but they just don't have that same offensive niche that they usually have. They usually have something that they're really good at. And they just stick to that to that um, to that one thing that they do really good. But this year it's just kind of up in the air. They only average like 170 yards passing, 160 yards rushing. So I don't know how they're going to keep up with West Virginia. Kansas State they play really aggressive on the defensive side of the ball. They're not as good as what they have been defensively, but they still have some, a pretty good defensive line. Their linebackers will come down and make plays. Their secondary is really the strongest unit of the defense. And it's going to be tough because if those if those uh, safeties get aggressive, Will can can identify that, make those big plays happen, and then all of a sudden we could talk about that two touchdown game happening. So I'm not really sure what's going to happen on Saturday, but I really do have a good feeling that this one could be a blowout. I picked 37 to 10. Jeremy actually believes strongly that this is going to be a shutout. He said that extensively. Really. Yes, Jeremy keeps saying repeatedly he believes this is going to be a shutout. He knows that Gibby says the days of shutouts are over in the Big 12 and college football in general just because of the way the offensive game is played, the way they're protected, the way the rules favor them. But he believes they're that inept. And I know they run that two-quarterback system and neither quarterback is that good. Mm -hmm. I personally am of the opinion that if we get out to the kind of lead that we're talking about, we're still figuring out enough things on defense. We're still trying to plug and play, especially at linebacker and even at corner, enough um, that we're going to end up with guys maybe uh, who aren't on the field as much, who maybe get lost or confused, or even just Gibby trying things that he wouldn't normally try that may not work because when you have a guaranteed win, it's worth figuring out what your dogs can do, right? Exactly. And I I think that's the the biggest thing with Kansas State is because they're going to go with that two-quarterback system. It's hard to get somebody in rhythm, and I've been a huge proponent of saying that for so many years now. I absolutely hate the two-quarterback system because I just don't think it does anything effectively for your offense. No, I'm strongly on the side of if you have two quarterbacks, you have, you have no quarterbacks. You mm-hmm. know? And that's, I, I, yeah, absolutely. I, like I said, when they were talking about Tennessee before the season, I kept saying they, they were saying they weren't sure who the quarterback is, and I said, to me, that tells me you don't have a quarterback. 
Um, Alabama is different because Nick Saban obviously is just Nick Saban. But that said, typically when you say you don't know who your quarterback is, it's because you don't have a quarterback. So I, I think we can roll. The other thing I really like is I, I know that the offense feels like they left things on the table last year. They're very mature because we have senior leadership between Gary Jennings and David Sills and Will Greer and Kennedy McCoy and Yadney could just. So I'm not worried about the offense staying focused at all. And I love the way Spaz been calling the games this, this year so far. Defensively, my favorite thing is the disrespect. You know, Jabril Robinson can't get on the field in Clemson. Kenny Bigelow can't, can't stay uninjured. And then people keep talking about what our defense was last year, which was an anomaly because every year prior, Gibby had gotten better as a unit being in Morgantown. So what I love is that people keep disrespecting the defense, which means Gibby's dogs will never get complacent. Even if we dominate this Kansas State team, Kansas State is ranked 113th in offense, right? So we're mm-hmm. not going to get any respect, which means every single week they go back in the film room, they go back into training, they go back into practice, and they don't lose focus. And when a dog is hungry and focused, they're really hard to satiate. I think this team is just going to keep improving, and this week's going to be a big win. And I hope so because I'm going to be there. The Raspy Voice kids will be in the building. Uh, you got something special going on this weekend, am I right? Uh, in a couple weekends, we'll be doing the, the Inside the Jersey documentary uh, with Eugene Napoleon. Really looking forward to doing that. We're going to do some some shots around the tailgate. So fans, come on, stop by. Uh, I know we're going to have Brandon and Jeremy uh, included in this, so we're really looking forward to it. I know Eugene's definitely excited about it. He can't wait to get there. That's our guy, man. So we're looking forward to it. Skyler, thank you for joining us. Check out Dub V Nation. Check out Between the Ears. DubVNation.com, Between the Ears are on Twitter. Uh, they're on SoundCloud. They're on pretty much anywhere you want to get a podcast. Chris Hall, Skyler Callahan. Over and out. We'll talk to you. Raspy Voice! Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, for the Raspy Voice Kids and Hale West Virginia podcast. We want to thank our sponsors. You guys have been so good to us, and we want you guys, if you are a Raspy Voice Mountaineer, to check them out. Sandwich You, 461 High Street, King of the Fat Sandwich. Best sandwich you'll ever have. The fries are dope, too. Swilled Dog, get swilled. It is the finest hard cider in all of the land. Plus, they're a West Virginia company that gives back to the community. Astork Auto, the finest automotive dealer in all of the state, excellent service, luxury, and sophistication, brought to you by Paul Astor and Jamie Spears. And, of course, Shrinkables. Shrinkables! Get at us. The Raspy Voice Kids on the Hale West Virginia podcast are introducing a brand new segment with me, Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by Jeremy, J.N. Fiend Phoenix. And we're doing why we... No. You should quit, Kansas you, State edition. You should quit. Emaw, more like grandpa. If your slogan is Emaw, you should quit. Every man a wildcat? What does that even mean? You're leaving out half your population just by saying every man. And now you want to make him an animal? You're not an animal. You guys aren't wild. You're kittens. 113th offense in the entire nation, but... And your coach is old as dirt. And when I say old as dirt, I mean for real. Like the stuff God made Adam out of. That man needs to quit. The Wildcats, Kansas State, you pastel-wearing punks. You just need to quit. Get them peas right. <laughs> pastel-wearing punks. Peas. I get you. Pop. Watch your peas, teas, and asses. Anyway, <laughs> look, here's the truth with Kansas State. I look at Kansas State and I think, why are you even playing the game? Why do you care? 
Basketball, mediocre. I don't want no mediocre. I said that last year. Football, you're mediocre. Like, why do you care? You should just quit. Like, you don't care. Like, literally, you went out and got a coach that you already had to come back. This dude is old as, like Brandon said, old as whatnot, just to be mediocre, just to be 500, just to be went a couple games in the Big 12. Honestly, why do you care? Here's the answer. You don't. Just quit. Just, just quit. Just quit. Like, when we look at, like, different things that you do, and th- different, literally, and I say this all the time, we need teams to win outside the conference. You don't do that. You don't. This year, we, you lost to Mississippi State. Last year, you lost to Vanderbilt. The year before that, you lost to Stanford. And I'm talking about the regular season. Right now, regular season, you always lose out of conference. And we get in conference, you can beat some of our big boys. You can make us look worse. Kansas State just quit. Go home. Nobody cares about you. You don't do anything for us. You don't add anything for us. Basketball, we care about Kansas, not you. Football, we care about everybody else. Everybody else. We'll just mention everybody else. Because what do you do? What do you give us? When you have a defensive back, Denzel Goldsby, talking about, oh, my girlfriend. He he said this on Twitter, Brayden. Real talk. He said this on Twitter. He said, my girlfriend has better footwork than I do. What? You should just quit. Dude, you should quit. When you say your girlfriend has better footwork than you, you should quit. And here's the thing. Come Saturday, when West Virginia is putting it on you, we are 14-point favorites. But 14-point uh, favorites, I would say overdogs. 14-point <laughs> overdogs, we're going to put it on you. So at halftime, y'all can just Vontae Davis and just quit. This is Truck Bryant, and you're listening to Raspy Voice Kids. It's your boy Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit. Joined by Jeremy J. and Fiend Phoenix. You are with the Raspy Voice Kids. You're joining the Hail West Virginia podcast. Another Golden Blue interview. And today we have one of the queens. One of the mountainous of all mountain mamas. Joining us today is Ms. Kim <laughs> Webster. Producer extraordinaire. Actress extraordinaire. She's done the legendary West Wing. She produces Born This Way. She's done so many other projects that you know and love. And she joins your boys today. Kim Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule for us. Uh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. And I also hate Pitt. Of like course. Oh, oh that, that, yes. That, that is now a soundbite. That is now a soundbite. We will have that forever. <laughs> I got Bobby Huggins to say that too. So we're good. I mean, who isn't going to say it? I mean, we all do. It's just how we were raised. Well, the 13 people who show up at Heinz Field might not say it, but they feel it in their heart probably after every heart. <laughs> Are they up to 13 now? I maybe. Oh. I don't it's terrible. It really is. <laughs> and the thing is I wish I could be sad, but I'm not. It makes me happy every time I see it, Kim. Me too. So you're a Jersey girl, right? Yes. How yeah. do you, how do you end up in Morgantown? Uh Well, I didn't it wasn't part of the plan. Um but my guidance counselor kind of made me uh you know, fill out an application for there because the schools that I thought I wanted to go to, she said I wouldn't get into because I was kind of a troublemaker in high school. (laughs) The way that she got me to apply there was she said that they had a great football team and they were the number one party school. And so here we are. (laughs) And then, and then you go alpha, she Delta on them, right? Alpha, she Delta. Am I doing it right? Alpha Z Delta. Alpha Z. I, I said Z. I said Z. Alpha Z Delta. You said she Delta. I, I definitely did. I was trying to cover it up, but you didn't let yeah. me. You just didn't. No, let me. you definitely did. No, you definitely did. I can't believe him. It looks I can't believe. Did I do the sign right? Am I doing the sign right? 
I, they started doing gang signs after I left. I really felt like I started them as a gang with the hats backwards, but now I feel like there's some yeah, there's some gang sign that I don't I don't know. So it was a good time in Morgantown. You enjoyed it. Oh, it was the best time. And you've been back since I know, but how has it changed in the time since you've been there? Some of it has changed so much and some of it hasn't changed at all. You know, like yeah. there's it's weird. Obviously, I haven't been back in, I think, like five years, but I'll be there in, in three weeks, which I'm very excited about. Um, but, you know, it's like it's changed and it hasn't, it, which is great. Yeah, no, it's, you know, Morgantown is just, it's a place that, as far as college campuses go, it's on the map. It's been, like you said, your guidance counselor told you it was the number one party school. It's been a Playboy top party school since Playboy started that list. Um, mm -hmm. And it doesn't disappoint. It never disappoints. You can get pretty much whatever you want to get while you're there. We, of course, are good Christians, so we just live a nice lifestyle. We just do, you know, <laughs> we chill while we're there. Some people are less so, and that's all right. That's their business. None of my business. <laughs> but you go, so you go from the East Coast. You're an East Coast. You're a Jersey girl. You get to Morgantown. You tear it up in Morgantown. Then you become a Hollywood starlet. How does that happen? Um. Well, I mean... I almost failed out my freshman year um, at WVU because I finally had freedom because my, my dad's a Catholic deacon. So I was raised, you know, pretty in, under pretty strict circumstances. And so when I got to Morgantown, I went a little buck wild, no pun intended. And um, <laughs> and so I had a zero point eight GPA and I had to I get my blood alcohol level that's what i thought you were going to say usually higher than that um but the gpa was so bad that i had to get in take an acting class to try to get my grades up so that my parents wouldn't pull me from the school they had no idea i got the 0 0.8 and so i took an acting class fell in love ended up with a full scholarship by senior year and um then i did the damn thing i love it that's what we love. It's like that. I feel like that to me from everything since I became aware of you because I'm a huge West Wing fan. Aaron Sorkin made me a television snob. Like I found it. My friend told me I had to watch it on Netflix. I start watching it and I literally could no longer, you know, we binged it. I could no longer watch television that was not written well, that was not produced well, that was not acted well. I couldn't do it. I still can't. And my friends will call me a snob and I just, I'm sorry, but Aaron Sorkin did it to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Josh, Toby, of course, Sam Seaborn and Ginger getting the popcorn. I mean, yep. okay. there's Sam Seaborn right yeah. there on my wall. I see him. That is a beautiful man. He is just a beautiful man. <laughs> real talk, real talk. It turns out that he's pretty good at acting too, right? So yeah, I mean, yeah. He's actually an intelligent, funny, good-looking dude. How did you end up on that show? Like, how did, how does that happen? Because I mean, it's a dream role, obviously. I mean, it, to be a part of something so fantastic. How do you end up on that? Um, well, it started as just a one day stand in job on the pilot. And so I show up for this pilot that I didn't even really want to go to because I had just joined the actors union, uh, two weeks before. And so I thought I was a professional actor now and that, that, that was beneath me. And so begrudgingly I went and within two hours of being there, I knew my life is going to change. I just had this like overwhelming feeling like it makes me emotional every time I talk about it because it was like really powerful. 
So the show gets picked up, obviously, because it's the West Wing and it's Aaron Sorkin. And within, uh, by episode three, I believe, Aaron started giving me lines on the show. Like he had me say estimated BDA uh, in episode three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bomb damage assessment, that yeah. is, by the way. Um, I watched so the show. After- I watched the show. <laughs> yeah. So after that, he um, invited to me invited me to a cast read-through because uh, one of the actors couldn't be there that day. And that actor was Elizabeth Moss, who now stars on Handmaiden's Tale. Yeah. So I had to fill in for her, and I had to read the script cold in front of everybody. And I can't tell you the intimidation factor that was in that room. I mean, I'm sitting across from Rob Lowe and... Martin Sheen and Allison Janney. I mean, like, you know, these amazing actors. Yeah, and so I'm sitting in between Aaron Sorkin and Tommy Shlami, who's an award-winning director, and I'm an extra. I shouldn't even, like, be at this table. And so I do the cold reading, and I nail it, I guess, because that ended up turning into, you know, Ginger. But the first line that I had was... Um, about it was that crackpots in these women episode where Elizabeth Moss's character is introduced. And one of the, I think the first line is dad, you never put enough cumin in the chili and I'm 20 something. I don't cook at the time. I didn't know what cumin was. I didn't know how to say it. And if you know how to spell it, that's what I almost said. I almost said, dad, you never put enough cum in the chili. And that would have been the end of the story. Uh, well, or it, it, you know what? It, it would have been something, Kim. It would have been something. Let's say that. It would have. It would have. It would have been the end of my acting career for sure. Because I told <laughs> Aaron Sorkin that story years later, and he wasn't amused. And he said that a lot of actresses did say that in the audition room. So I don't know what I don't know what came over me to say cumin, but I'm really glad I did. And that's awesome. Um, now, you suggested that there might have been some Big East football impacting the career decisions that were made. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Aaron gave me that opportunity because, you know, during our downtime on set, when I was an extra, um, he somehow found out that I went to WVU or maybe it was because I knew he was from Syracuse and maybe I had Boo. I don't Maybe I had the balls to say something like, oh, we play each other in football. So we started talking about college football, and I feel like that had something to do with him giving me the opportunity because typically an extra should not be talking to the executive producer, and I'm sure that I didn't start the conversation. There's no way that I would have had the you know cojones to do that, but... You know, the fact that we were able to talk about, like, cheap beer and college football in the Big East, I think that really had something to do with the opportunity I was given. I love it. It brings it brings everybody together. College football, man, that unifying effect. Yes. But see, what I, love, what I love is that, you know, just watching you, because I didn't know who you were until Twitter and Instagram, right? So we start this mm-hmm. show, and then I get involved in social media, because typically I'm a private person, too, and I know you are very much so. Um, and so I didn't, I never paid any attention. 
I didn't know who Kim Webster was, right? So then I get on here. I'm like, oh, this person, she's a big deal. And then, oh, wait, she's on the West Wing. Oh, wait, she produces Born This Way. Um, and I've just come to know that you are a big health nut, exercise nut, and that you are a big uh, beer snob. What made you that way? Wait a minute. A health nut? Is that sarcasm? <laughs> yeah, guys. For any of you who don't follow her on Instagram, she was frying a steak in bacon grease last night, okay? She, yeah. she's, not quite, she's not quite a health nut. And as far as beer snobs go, unless you like your beer cold brewed in the Rockies with a train coming through the commercial, she's not much of a snob. She's a Coors Light girl. So we're good. Yeah. I'm actually a beer snob for cheap beer. Like yes. cheap, cheap tasting beer. Yeah. No, I'm a, yeah, cool. I was like, wait a minute. Oh, the daddy light all day. (laughs) I, my mom, natty lights too low low for me. A little bit, yeah. Like I'm more like Coors Light or Bud Light, and it's pretty much just that, or else I won't drink. Well, see now, okay, now I'm not being rude. I'm on my phone, but the reason I'm on my phone is I'm texting my mama. You know that. If you if you text your mama, it's okay, right? So my mom told me her favorites on Born This Way. Because the other thing is our brother died in March. And, oh, and, I'm sorry to hear that. And, well, it, it, was, it was hard for us, but he was especially close to my parents because he lived there with them. Um, oh. And he was the biggest character you'd ever meet. I always said to the people I knew that could be famous, this dude is like, like one, a, of those guys. He's one of those guys who gets on stage at concerts. He's on, he gets, when we beat Virginia Tech in the pepper spray game, he got back in the locker room. Like just walks back there. Oh. Like, he's one of those people. Um, but his favorite show and my mom's favorite show and a show they watched together was Born This Way. And so I asked my mom because she told me, I was like, who's your favorite? So I text her because I'm on with you. And she says, can you guess? Any guesses? John Tucker. Nope. But that's a good guess. Nope. I like John. Rachel and Mariano. Oh, yeah. Rachel. <laughs> Rachel is the best. I, yes. She is so amazing. Every time she sees me on on set when I work, behind the camera I go by my last name I go by Webster and so every time she sees me she's like Webster and like is like a freight train hugging me <laughs> and it's love it. the best thing in life she's amazing and so is Mariano it. everybody is on that show they're all amazing people well, it, it really is it's impressive what you guys did and how you did it because Down Syndrome especially just with the, the cultural societal changes is something that had moved out of the it, you don't see as much as you had in the past and this brought it back to the forefront where people could be aware where people could see these are these are yeah. individuals they're human beings yep. yeah. with real lives with with real personalities they're not just caricatures how did you get involved with this project well listen i can't take any of the credit because i was definitely like like a low level producer on it it was really um dr laura kakorian who's our executive producer and showrunner and John Murray of Buna Murray Productions, they really uh, saw something in this project, and Laura puts her heart and soul in it every single day. Um, and they just had this opportunity, you know, to put on a, uh, you know, like to document these stories and these people's lives. And it's, you know, it's when we do film, it's like five months of the year. Uh, but the families have really opened up themselves to us and they really let us into their lives and they've been amazing. And A&E has been a huge support system that they're, they're really proud of that show. So, you know, I remember in the beginning, we didn't think that the whole season would even air because we didn't think that America would embrace it. 
and uh, they have, and then, you know, it's on season four now, and waiting to hear if maybe it'll get picked up for a fifth season. I didn't do last season, season four. Um, I had, I moved on to another project, but it's still my favorite show. In fact, I binge watched the whole season yesterday, season four, because it's just, and I cry every time I watch it. It's just, they're such great people and they bring me so much joy. Yeah. You're, you know, you're known as a tough person. You yeah. You've done some crying already on this show. I feel like we're oh, breaking no. the mold. Like, geez. I feel like. You see, I told you. I feel this like, is why I don't like doing these. <laughs> no, I feel like Oprah over here. I feel like I'm about to get my Emmy. I feel like they're about to put right? me on the show. And then I can. <laughs> then I can. God, what am I getting you? A car. If you're Oprah. Well, yeah, I get you a car. You know what else I can get you? I if 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 things go the right way, you might even get a proposal on the Emmy stage if you're the reason <laughs> I get one. So you just gotta yeah. wait. <laughs> It's so funny because I did tweet about that last night and I'm like the opposite of wanting to be married. Like I, I'm totally against that stuff. So everyone's like, Oh, I would do that for you. I'm like, please don't, you'll get embarrassed. That was our next question. Jeremy and I talked about that last <laughs> yeah, night. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right. Never mind with that question. <laughs> yeah. But someone did say on the fifty yard line of Mountaineer Field and I was like, Okay, well maybe now that would be something that I could get behind. But yeah, or like, no, no. Or, or like a sideline pass. I mean, you know, something like yeah. that. Just, something like yeah. that. Just whatever, just whatever, you know. All right, so so time's almost up. We know you can't stay very long. So Jeremy and I like to do this thing called rapid fire. We actually started it with Pat McAfee, so you're the second. And I don't know if you know this. We had a top ten list. You're on that top ten list. Like I know. For, uh, for us, we're knocking them down. Like this is a big deal for us. So we knock we're knocking them down. So you get to be the second person to do a rapid fire. Um, Jeremy, do you want to do the rapid fire questions? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I'm in the building. All right, All right, let's go. Here we go. All right. So you're on the East Coast. Now you're on the West Coast. The question is pepperoni rolls or taco trucks? Pepperoni rolls. Yes, we love it. Number two, all three were up for an Emmy for a drama series. Which would you choose? Stranger Things, This Is Us, or Game of Thrones? Never seen either any of those three whoa Here, hey, here's a, here's i'm interrupting rapid fire here's why here's here's why you need to watch this is us this is important kevin pearson you don't know him anyway the kid who's like an all-star quarterback they live in pittsburgh diehard steelers fans he's getting recruited everywhere the coach from Pitt comes over and he doesn't get dressed up he's like in t-shirt and shorts and his parent his parents are like get dressed the coach is coming and he says listen to this kim he says dad it's just Pitt." Love it. It is the best moment on television since Ginger get the popcorn. It was fantastic. Yeah. So the best line ever. And Sterling K. Brown, who I guess is one of the stars of that show, yeah. he's represented by a mountaineer that I was in acting school with. So, oh. yeah, I mean, her name is Jen Wiley, um, and she's been his manager for a long time. I think she basically, you know, she she's known him for forever, and so... She's always at the Emmys and stuff with him. Oh, yeah. No, we would love to have Sterling on the show. Thank you for offering. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll let you get back to rapid fire. Back to all rapid right, fire. right. Number three, number three, number three. Once again, East, West, East Coast versus West Coast. Beach or the mountains? Beach. Gotcha. 100%. Yeah. All right. Number four. Because the mountains How include, like, hiking, and that's exercise, and I'm totally against that. So. Amen, sister, man. Yeah. I feel you 100%. Look, people try to hate on me. I went to Colorado a few weeks ago. They're like, oh, do you want to take a hike? And I'm like, no, I'd rather sit in a hammock, okay? Exactly. <laughs> All right, number four. This is a big one. Pat White 
or Major Harris? Pat White, for sure. Pat White is one of my favorite people on the planet. Um, I mean, I love Major. Don't get me wrong. I've hosted an event with Major before, but hands down, Pat White, no question. Pat, now listen, Major did our show. And Major's my childhood favorite. I mean, I grew up in Parkersburg, so Major, like, nine is, like, the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Uh, Pat White, I mean, you can't argue against him because he's Pat White. But Major did our show, and Pat keeps big time in us, so maybe you can help us out. You got, I mean, I'm asking for a lot of favors, Kim. I'm just asking for a lot of favors. <laughs> yeah. There you and, go. There you go. One, last inter- one last interruption. No- okay. My mother wanted me to say this to you. She says, Rachel has such a kind, caring heart. Mariano is so patient and loving with his daughter and affords her her dignity. And instead of telling her what to do, he listens and he asks her questions so she can come to a particular conclusion. Yeah, that's true. I just watched that yesterday when they did that about her wedding dress with uh, Christina and Mariano. Yeah, no. Everybody. All right, we have one last question. Now, before it was going to be the Glenn Weiss proposal, you answered that earlier that you're not really feeling that. So we'll take a left. Here's the big question. Me and Brandon debate this on and on. Pat uh, McAfee weighed in on his feelings. I need to know yours. Toy Story or The, Li- or the Lion King? So I heard you guys talk about this with Pat McAfee, and I have also never seen The Lion King, but oh, I do love Story. So oh, I mean, I'm I, tired of this. I'm I, I'm sick I, of this. I, I, I see really a pattern. Am. I see yeah. a pattern. I just see a pattern, Kim. I mean, I'm sorry. I just see a pattern. People with good taste and immense talent seem to not be very interested in Lion oh, King. Oh, stop it! So, stop I mean, it! Akuna Matata or whatever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Kim, thank you so much for doing this. I know this is not your favorite thing in the world to do. We're grateful that you joined the Raspy Voice Kids. We wish you the best in everything that you do. We can't wait to see you in Morgantown in Kansas. We're not going to take up all your time because we know you got a lot of people to get around and see and have fun. Um, but it's going to be awesome. As always, let's go Mountaineers. Let's go drink some beers. Let's and eat pit. Don't forget that. Yep, definitely going to edit that. <laughs> hey, real quick. Hey. <laughs> no, but. Amen. Hey, Amen. You know no, about, get you, it, girl. Get you, it, girl. Do you know about our movement? The, we have a movement. Never capitalize their name. We actually did a public service announcement. Always no, spell it we, lowercase p. We got into this. Uh, yeah, but we got into this on Twitter once. Oh, that's right. Because you do, you do spit. You do spit. Yeah, because people, if it. You know, I have, I don't just have West Virginia people following me. So if I just do, if I don't capitalize it, they're not going to know what I'm talking about. So I do the small P, S, big P, and then I you call know, it spit. Yeah. That's how I found you, actually. It's when you tweeted about being in the restaurant and you got up in Sweet Car- was it Sweet and Caroline? Was it? Yeah. So, yeah. And I started chanting the Sweet, sweet Caroline, uh, you know, eat whatever pit yeah yeah that's, uh, i do anytime that comes on i was at pump restaurant I, I, which is a fancy place and some girl told me that she went to spit and so i just started chanting that in the restaurant that's how i found you. i forgot how i found you that's how i found you all right so thank you again i was um, say lucky for you that's what i like that's what i like <laughs> all right all right so that's right. kids signing out we'll talk to you
Podcast Network.